We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hello, everybody. And welcome to another edition of Courtside with Christy and Gabe on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. I am Christy Winter Scott, joined as always by my guy, Gabe Ibrahim. Gabe, so many fantastic collegiate level games to discuss, but also mind-boggling WNBA free agency news that is ongoing and intriguing to say the least you know i thought for some reason and i was so wrong i thought today was not gonna be like this huge <laughs> news day like i knew we were gonna get like the official signings and then you know we're gonna well you know we're gonna talk around richard cohen was breaking some salaries yeah. i broke some salaries mm-hmm. you know we had her hoop stats really value that that's why you should be following us on twitter at her hoop stats she should be subscribed right here on YouTube or on our podcast feed. And you should like our Twitter names will pop up so you can follow us both on Twitter. But yeah, so I was like, you know, hey, like, you know, we've been through the, I've been through the circus, right? I've been to the circus. Like, I know what it's going to be like. This is like year three for me. But man, the thing went crazy. <laughs> it just went, it went crazy from the moment this morning. We had a press release that was wrong for John Quill Jones and we had yeah. all this so yeah we, we're gonna have to start here uh on the if you're listening on the audio only podcast we're starting with uh WNBA free agency if you're on YouTube we're gonna do the thing where we split up the free the WNBA stuff and the college stuff um for you guys because we know you guys all yeah. have your your interests but oh god what a day uh, I think we should start at this top I think uh two pieces of news that we didn't know last week but we know now this week Brianna Stewart mm-hmm. Jewel Lloyd returning yeah. to Seattle. Yeah. Was coming back on a two-year Supermax deal. Grant Stewart coming back on a one-year Supermax mm-hmm. deal. Obviously, mm-hmm. Super is also returning. So the gang is back together in Seattle for one year. So what was your reaction to that? You know, at, at first when I heard that Brianna Stewart was sniffing around in New York, 
I was like, I thought, you know, I didn't think that Candace Parker would leave LA to go to Chicago. Mm -hmm. I was wrong. So I was kind of like, well, shoot, Candace did it. So Brianna can do it. And, uh, and it didn't happen. So it's fine. But still, I was kind of leaning towards Stuart going to New York. So just for one year to come back to Seattle, that still is not sitting well with me, just mm -hmm. one year. And I know Sue Bird is back for her final year or her, I'm saying final year. We don't know, but it, for one year. She says it's her final year. Okay. Anyway, well, we'll see. And it remains to be seen, right? But I just, I just think that the one year window there is, is very interesting to me. It, you know, not a long-term signing situation for Stewie. Hmm. And Jewel Lloyd got the two year, you know, I don't know. So you're right. Those years numbers are very, very interesting. Um, for, okay. For the perspective, first off, like, it is great that Seattle brought back these two free agents. I think, right. you know, coming into the off season, we may have, you know, penciled that in that Stewart and Lloyd are returning, especially when we heard the news about bird. I think we talked about it, that we said, Hey, mm -hmm. you know, now it's two birds back in the fold. It really looks like these players are coming back. So got to start off with kudos to Seattle. They got it. Right. Done. They got it. They right. didn't lose. They didn't lose Brianna Stewart and Jewel Lloyd. Mm -hmm. Yet. Yet. That part. You're right. So one year for Brianna Stewart, uh, right. times up with Subaru. Cool. Here's the problem. Jewel Lloyd's on a contract pursuant to a core designation, which makes her a core player, not only for this season, but mm -hmm. also for next off season. And hey. because her contract runs through the 2023 season, mm -hmm. Seattle's not going to have the core designation available to them next year. So Brianna Stewart, unless Jewel Lloyd gets traded before January 15th of next yeah. year, will be an unrestricted free agent mm. next offseason. I think it was a mistake by Seattle to not core Brianna Stewart. But then at the other hand, mm -hmm. you might have lost Jewel Lloyd this year, so you don't even get Sue's one last dance. But I think a lot of signs are pointing to us uh, heading into next offseason with the expectation that Brandon Stewart will leave. And that that's my personal yeah. expectation because I think she had a lot of control over the situation. I think mm -hmm. she 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 and, and Jewel Lloyd share the same agent, so does Sue Bird. So I, they were all in, in contact here with each other, obviously, and the right. agent is representing all of them separately, but, you know, it all works sure. together. Sure. So, I think she's engineered this to have her one last ride with Sue mm -hmm. and leave yeah. somewhere. For now, you have to guess it's New York because it's the only place she took a visit this offseason and right. know, for a bunch of other reasons that we talked about in a previous podcast. Mm -hmm. You got to assume that she's now going to, that's the plan at least, is she wants to look around next year and I would guess that she would leave next year. But man, it's going to be really interesting. Yeah. And I think, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head right there when you said, you know, that she took a visit to New York. That was the only team that she was flirting with in that way. So for me, I'm like, well, if you're flirting. <laughs> it's the same thing as cheating. <laughs> what does that really mean? And, and maybe not for now, like you said, but your eyes are, are not on. Mm hmm. 
Seattle exclusively, right? If you're talking to New York about possibilities and that's not a shady comment. I mean, it's business and we understand that. But if you weren't interested in leaving at all, then it'd be like this, right? That's where I am with it. So, I mean, business is business. And, you know, the, the hometown home strings and heart strings or whatever are, are in place, not for this year, but maybe for years down the road for her and, uh, you know, to conclude her WNBA career closer to home. Hmm. Who, knows? who knows? Who knows? We said that about LeBron. It, remember, feels remember like, the, it feels like that. But remember yeah. the, the whole closing her career thing, like, you know, LeBron went to Cleveland and then he <laughs> was like, I'm out. Um, he deuced. I know. So he deuced. It, and, and Brianna has such a long career ahead of her. It's hard to project, but I think going exactly. to the next year, that has to be expected. If you want Seattle fans, I'm going to throw you a bone right now. If yeah, you want I'm a... Probably, I know they're probably mad at me now. So. <laughs> if you want an alternative explanation, she went to New York uh, because New York has a really you know, advanced facilities, training staff, performance staff, coaching. Just they, they have an owner who has spent a lot of money on both the Nets and the Liberty to bring mm-hmm. first class amenities to those organ to those organizations. And I think that's yes. why New York has had so much success in, in free agency Oof. because they have those amenities and you know it may not have showed up quite in the win column, but they definitely have an advantage, I think, in that area, mm-hmm. especially as compared to Seattle, who I've heard is more, you know, behind the times on some of these things. So potentially what this is all about is Brianna Stewart trying to um leverage Seattle into making the necessary upgrades that she feels that a team is going to need to win in the WNBA going forward. Cause at the end of the day, you know, we could talk about her, her, that she lived in, you know, her family lives in Syracuse or she grew up in Syracuse or, you know, that she, that she has so much history in Seattle. End of the day, players like Brianna Stewart and Jewel Lloyd, they want to win. She feels like New York provides a better winning atmosphere and a place for her to to become a much better basketball player, then that's going to be her choice when she gets, when she gets to next season. Yeah. I think Jewel Lloyd, you know, would be in a similar spot had she not been court. I think you know, it, whoever got court would have been in the spot of the other one. Right. So True. I, I just think for those two players, like you do, I, I would say it's winning first. So if they can, if she can make this situation in Seattle as good in terms of winning championships as it is in New York, in her mind, if that's a choice, that right. I think she would say, but that that that's just one alternative theory that I want to throw out there uh, for Seattle Storm fans. Um, yeah. Oh, and I, and I also want to mention, Brand January is uh, reportedly mm-hmm. signing with Seattle. So that's the yes. other one. Yeah, and, and that's big. I mean, you know, the veteran leadership of both January and Bird running the oh, yeah. show. Uh, you know, defensive stalwart that Brian January has been over the course of her career. Fantastic. So. I just think that that's uh, that's going to be a fun uh, a fun one to watch, especially with Pokey Chapman now as an assistant coach, with Noel Quinn as the head coach. I think that's going to be intriguing to say the least. Just to see, obviously, um, with Pokey Chapman's advice from point guard's perspective, and I, I just think that when you have all of those great minds in the same room, and I'm talking about Sue Bird, mm-hmm. you know, included, you know, obviously. But just to bounce those ideas or schemes or adjustments off of that level of basketball acumen, I mean, to me, that's just exciting from a point guard's perspective, right? And I mean, I played post, but I, from a point guard's perspective, I mean, that's going to be, that's going to be heavy duty, 
in Seattle. And I think that's going to be fun to watch also. Yeah. And she, I think she's going to be a great addition there. She is 35. Yeah. So this is, you know, we're getting to, to towards the last go round um, for January, <laughs> but she was still super solid last year. And I think she'll yeah, bring a lot. Tough. She'll, she'll bring a lot to Seattle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's an interesting, you know, uh, oh yeah, I should mention too. Like, I'm. We're not going to go into like the cap minutia or the salary yes, minutia. No. Like, that's not what Christy and I do. I will be doing that yep. on Friday with Richard Cohen. Uh, yeah, so you guys do that. <laughs> I don't like the minutia. We're minutia. we're gonna we're, we'll nerd. We're gonna nerd out on the basketball side over here. We'll nerd out on the cap side on Friday. So just just want yeah. to let you. Know. Um, <laughs> no, in Seattle, I mean, look, they're gonna have to. This probably means the end of Jordan Canada. Um, oh, and, and I'm sorry, we should mention uh, Mercedes Russell did resign um, okay. in, yep. in Seattle for three years as a restricted free agent. I think they got a pretty good deal. Mm-hmm. Again, that'll be on. Yeah, um, good deal for her. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so they're bringing back Mercedes Russell. But that probably means the end of Jordan Canada's time in Seattle. Uh, she's a restricted free agent. So we'll see We'll see where she goes. Um, but man, I, it's going to be different in Seattle too because they've never really, I don't, I can't remember, I don't know, maybe have they, they've never had to deal with these sort of like free agency rumors and kind of no. feeling of a they, this feels like the, the last dance right because of the i think of, so right it really does I, that's what i was saying like with the you know with the one year here one year there mm-hmm. two years here i you know i just think they're they're seeing that window closing on that on that core group and you know it's, it's not a bad thing because then i mean jordan canada will land somewhere and i don't mean to take a hard right or left turn here, but I'm going to do it um, with the Washington Wizards. I mean, I'm sorry. See, here I am. The Wizards are about she to She can help the Wizards the too. <laughs> the Wizards are playing the Bucks like right now. My girl, Lisa Byington on the call for the Bucks. Anyway, I digress. Um, the Washington Mystics, uh, they are looking for a backup point guard. They also hold the number one pick in this year's draft. But when you just said Jordan Canada, I don't know how many bells just went off in my head because Mike Tebow, the head coach and general manager for the Washington Mystics, gave quite the teaser today Uh and said that it would be quite intriguing to keep an eye on what the Mystics do in the next couple of days regarding picking up maybe one intriguing, which is his word, intriguing key piece to the puzzle. And then I forgot who asked on the call today. We were both on that call. And, and he said, well, it's probably, um, or somebody asked, is it going to be a backup point guard? Are you look, who's going to be the backup point guard? And he said, well, you may just have to wait in the next couple of days. And then I was like, oh, snap. And I think everybody had their finger like, oh, snap. Where could they go with that pick or selection mm-hmm. or choice in free agency? And wow, Jordan Canada. So Does she fit the piece? Is she that piece? Is uh, that, or is that just a sprint I'm doing mentally right now around see, the track? <laughs> you did, you did what we, what everyone did as soon as I think it was Jackie Powell, um, who okay. asked yeah, that question right. of the next and Bleach Report. She asked a question about and got the got the intel on both. Uh, there's going to be another <laughs> signing and the right. uh, point guard. Um, not, I don't want to throw cold water on everyone, but. Kareem Copeland has said that it's not during Canada. And I can also confirm that it's not during Canada. Uh, that that's what I've been told. Well, I can't confirm anything because I don't know. Maybe, maybe but still 
From, from my intel, it's not Jordan Canada. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I have no clue what is happening. If the, yeah, it's interesting. What's going on with the mystics too is like, if you don't live on Twitter, I live on Twitter. Unfortunately, it's extremely bad for my <laughs> mental health. But if you, if you don't live on Twitter, you probably miss like the mystics tweeted out this picture of like the team. And there was like blank, there was like blank silhouettes. Yes. And the sun did this too, but yeah. the sun was very obvious who was gonna who it was gonna be. And they yeah, also like the sun like kind of like uh, made each head shape look big. And I said they looked like dementors, and they did. From <laughs> Harry Potter. Um, so they made the heads look big. So, but now the mystics did it like really like like clear silhouette of a particular person. So now everyone right. on the Twitter is trying to fit people into the silhouettes in order to figure out who this mystery signing is. So Which is Martin, great. So much so that the Mystics actually released a second silhouetted picture with even more players. Yeah. So I don't, I, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm like mostly sure it's not Jordan Canada that's coming. Okay. But it would make sense that it is a restricted free agent coming because that would be the reason why we couldn't hear about it today. Um, that also being said, uh, Jordan, so Jordan Cannon was like the obvious choice. Once I put those two things together, it's like, oh, we can't announce it today. Why can't we announce it today? Because it's a restricted free agent. So if it's a restricted free agent, we have to wait four days for the other team's match, even if the other team cannot match. So right. this all makes sense for Jordan Cannon. But there's another free agent whose team cannot match her contract. Well, actually, we'll, we'll have to talk a little bit more about Chicago. Possibly. <laughs> yeah. But Diamond the Shields yeah. is the other answer to that. I've come up with, and that's it. That's all I got. I know Diamond the Shields mm. is not like a backup point guard. Mm. I, I don't care. Okay. I'm just right. saying that that's all I got, guys. If anyone has any better theories, I've heard players from across the world that I have never heard of before in my life being bandied about for this spot. So, hey, send, send us send us your, your takes. We will yeah. listen to all of them before we find out. But yeah, Diamond yeah. is the other answer that I've come up with. Wow. And that would be interesting as well. I mean, you know, I, I thought speaking of Chicago uh, with Emma Eastman being signed yeah. by the sky, I mean, just very comfortable. Mike Tebow told us today that Emma Eastman had some really good, respectable discussions with him about her plans moving forward in the WNBA. And unfortunately for DC fans and for the Mystics, uh, she won't be in a Mystics uniform again uh, to see all the pieces back together. Tina Charles also not back. So that that blockbuster lineup with Clark and oh man. Uh, anyway, uh, we just won't ever know what that looked like. Elizabeth Williams coming into the fold. My shine's on resigning as you predicted last week. Um, I don't know. I'm not. I know she's not above me, but that's that's how it is in Zoom. <laughs> um, and the mystery signing. Tiana Hawkins coming back, Shatori Walker Kimbrough coming back. What what it what was the thing you're most excited about here? I love that Tiana Hawkins is coming back. I was sad when she left, and and not because she's a DMVer and uh, you know Riverdale Baptist and Terp and champion here in 2019 with the Mystics and went down the bubble with the Mystics and and really you know captured all of the fans while she was here in a Mystics uniform. But I just love that. Mike Tebow said the biggest thing that that he missed in particular about her outside of the tactical things was her leadership yeah. and her voice in the locker room and how she was always the first person to speak up and 
and how she's the best teammate. And Maisha Hines Allen co-signed that. Uh, just to, to know that part about her. I mean, we know she's a fantastic mom to Little E and he's coming back too. And it's just, I just think this is where she belongs. You know, it's just like the perfect fit in all ways, culturally, for the program, for the organization, um, for the leadership qualities that she possesses. I just think it's it's a wonderful reunion. And the same for Shatori Walker Kimbrough in that regard. Shatori Walker Kimbrough is back as well. And you know, she journeyed away for a little while there mm-hmm. and had to really fight her way back to the league. So, you know, kudos to Mike Tebow and, and staff giving the respect to players who they know a lot about, who fit their system and and they know that already. So it's not like they're experimenting with the fit of those two. So I, I love that. And I love that Maisha Hines Allen is coming back. And at least we get part of that puzzle that we thought we were going to get. Um, minus Clark and me. I mean, I'm sorry, minus Charles and Nisman. But with right. Clark in there, I'm excited about that. With Elizabeth Williams, the diversity on the defensive end, yeah. I think, and offensively, is going to be really fun to watch how this, this group, this new group meshes with one another. Yeah, no, this, I, I'm, I think this group makes just a little bit more sense. I mean, I love the idea of like the Emma, Tina, EDD, like super mega team. But I, I think this is more um, sustainable too in the future. I think that was kind of like, hey, we're going for the championship last mm-hmm. year, the year before. Obviously it didn't work out because Elena Deladon wasn't healthy. And guess right. what? It ain't going to work out again if Elena Deladon's not healthy. Um so that that's the bottom line is we are we I think this team has done a good job blocking up my mm-hmm. Sean's Allen for the next three years, uh, locking up Eric Atkins for the next two. Yeah. Same with Natasha Cloud. Like you know, Natasha's a little bit older, but definitely Maisha and Ariel Atkins are going to be here for hopefully a long time. Hopefully, the number right. one pick fits into that. Mm-hmm. So I think they've done well to now make this team a team that can succeed in the future in the present mm-hmm. and succeed in the future which is something that i was i kept banding about about this offseason like they have a chance to do this and i think they've they've done it pretty as well as they could and to your point though like this team's gonna be you know the the dc mo since edd got here was really great offenses right Mm -hmm. i think it's gonna flip this year i think this team is gonna win a lot on the defensive end because you have elizabeth williams who is a former all defense first team selection. She yep. is uh, a, a really good rim protector. I know some people out there are going to say, Hey, her, her synergy numbers are bad and, and they're, they're pretty average on the defensive end, but she definitely protects the rim. And this she team does. last year gave up, I believe it was like 69% of the rim. It was like five percentage points higher than the mm-hmm. next worst team in that, in that statistic and having right. Elizabeth Williams there along with, Fingers crossed, a healthy Elena Deladon. I think we're cooking with gas along with Natasha Cloud, who's an all-defense second-team selection. Alicia Clark, who's one of the best defenders in WNBA. Ditto for Ariel Atkins. Like, we had, there's an awesome, awesome defensive group that can come out of this team. But it, it, it all depends on EDD's health. And then we talked to her today. I don't know if you if you felt like she, you know, I, I felt a little bit better. I don't know how you feel. No, I felt very relieved. I felt very relieved listening to her process and just the the confidence that she has in her body right now. Mm -hmm. I think that question was answered and resoundingly so. 
I, I just thought that she was very clear with saying she's been pain-free for months. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was special to hear. I thought that was really uh, a strong statement. And I thought, you know, she said just a couple of days ago that she's gone through some really rigorous workouts where there were, you know, a lot of rotations with her back, a lot of pivots, reverse pivots, you know, pump fakes where, you know, your body is being wrenched mm -hmm. around. And she said she felt fine after that. And I think that's been the biggest difference for her is been, you know, not necessarily everything that she's able to do in the workouts, but what she feels like after the workout. And so just to hear her say that, I think is, is really great. And I love that Mike Tebow said, going back to what you were saying about the defense, he said that they're going to be able to switch, yeah. you know, and maybe even put Maisha Hines Allen on point guards, you know, and, and that to me, I mean, if they can be disruptive like that and have Maisha Hines Allen hounding a point guard and, you know, yeah. really being intentional about that and the ability of players to switch, you know, up to three positions on the floor, several of them can rotate and switch like that. That's going to be a compound issue for opponents for sure because of that and the energy that they bring on the defensive end. I mean, we know what they can do on the offensive side. We know they can stroke mm -hmm. it and put the ball in the basket, but I think it all is going to be predicated upon the energy that they yeah. bring on the defensive end. And now they have depth with their defense. And I think that is going to be a huge, huge difference maker. Like you said, I agree with that. Yeah. And we're going to, I mean, look, there's still some roster things to check out. Um, you know, yeah. I, I, yeah. I think down, like there's 11 players on the roster now, plus the mystery signing which we'll find out at some point. Um, and so, you know, there's going to be some, I don't I mean, yeah, your unprotected contracts here, Sydney Weiss, Erica McCall, Megan Gustafson. Did we mention her? I don't know if I said, Megan, I, said her. I don't think we did. Megan oh. Gustafson is then she's in. She's back on the training camp contract. Um, and she made the team last year. I, I actually really, I thought she was good in the limited minutes she played. Uh, then Hawkins and Walker Kimbrough. So the, mm -hmm. those are your five unprotected contracts there's going to need to be some, you know, they're, they're not all going to make the team is what I'm trying to say. Right. Um, and then, and then they also, uh, the team also signed um, Clara Lundquist and Kang Lee Sewell to uh, mm -hmm. training camp contracts. They'll be in training camp. I wouldn't expect them to make the team, but nice to get them in the system. Um, right. So yeah, there's still some sorting out in Washington and I don't want to, I'm pressing the brakes though on ADD a little bit, just like, she has not done five on five yet. She hasn't done a lot of con she hasn't done any contact um, in in that setting. Uh, she's only done mm -hmm. one on one, and that's great. And and she was sounded so much better in this year's press conference rather than last year's press conference. Yes, night and day makes you feel a lot better. But I'm, yeah. I'm just gonna press the brakes. Let's press the brakes. Let's not get too too excited. Let's not put too much pressure on it. It's okay. an evolving situation. We'll see her in. Yeah. The team, the team USA, she says she's not doing like the full team workouts, but she's going to get a lot of shooting, uh, a lot of five on O, a lot of playing in yeah. the gym with everyone else. So we'll, we'll see how, um, you know, her back does there, but it was encouraging. I just don't, I don't want to, I don't want to sit here and say like, oh, EDD's coming back and we're, this team's, a, you know, like, I don't, I don't think it's fair to her to, to, to say that quite yet until we say, uh, until we see it, but. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that, but I also think, you know, that her trusting her body and hearing her say that I think is huge. And there, you know, you asked a really good question to Mike Tebow about minutes restrictions or anything yeah. like that. And he didn't know right yeah. now, you know, what that looks like three months away from, from the WNBA season, but he is going to be with USA basketball as well. So mm -hmm. trust and believe Mike Tebow is going to have his eyeballs on Elena Deladon when she does 
become fully activated with the USA basketball team and to see what she can tolerate. I'm sure that's going to be something that he's going to factor in leading into the mystic season. And he's going to have his eyes on her, you know, in practices and, and all of that. So I think that still obviously remains to be seen, but I think it's, it's really uh, great for her to be in that environment with those people, right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> with, with the people that, you know, love the game at a high level, have passion. She said, you know, she's just found so much joy and it's put so much perspective into almost losing the game that she loves so much, you know, losing the game that, um, that she is passionate about and has worked so hard for. And then her body to say no, you know, it was really hard for her. But I think the fight that she has put forth to come back and to be pain-free for the last several months, I thought that was huge. Not like since last Wednesday. No, it's like it's there have been months now where her body has been retooled and, you know, readjusted to how to land and, and how to move. I just thought it was really, I thought it was really strong, strong statement by her. No, I, I think, I hope, you know. <laughs> I'm going uh, to get you there, Gabe. You know, I'm, I'm always uh, oh, that full. Hey, you I know, you know me, I'm always down for the optimism, but I just don't, I don't want to get, I don't want to get my hopes up again. I, I don't want to, I don't right. want to put it on it, but the team is set up for the future too. The summer one pick's going to be, be I think, I think this team is, is, I feel much better about the future of the Mystics now. Uh, and the present is maybe just awesome. And honestly, I, Alicia Clark's on this team and she's one of my favorite players to yeah. watch. So all else fails. If she's healthy, we're good. And, and she seems <laughs> to be on track for camp. All right, let's get into let's get into Chicago. Good news first. Emma Mieseman joins the champs. That's that's just awesome. They have they have uh, three, well, they will yeah. have three finals MVPs on the team with Copper, yeah. Parker, yeah. Mieseman. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Go Fantastic. <ahead. laughs> Fantastic stuff for Chicago. Great. Yeah. Bad news, son. On the free agency special last night on ESPN, which was far too short, ESPN. That's not a hot take. Everyone has that take, but just wanted to put it out there. Holly Rowe reported that Courtney Vandersloot was got a disrespectful offer. I'm putting that in quotation marks for reasons I'll explain yeah. in a minute. Disrespectful offer from the Chicago sky and now her team in Russia, uh, UMC, UMMC, ECAT, y'all know ECAT, um, is trying to pay her to sit out of the WNBA next season. And it's a similar thing to what uh, ECAT did with Diane Taurasi. And I was gonna say that, yep, yep. They, they're trying to do the same exact thing. Yeah. Um, what do you wanna talk about, the good news or the bad news? I, you know, I want to start with the good news because okay. I like good news. The good news. Good news is good. <laughs> There's a lot of good news. I think, you know, my, my eyebrows went up when Emma Mieseman signed with Chicago because of what she is able to do on the floor. And then obviously with Candace Parker on the floor with her and Vander Quiggs, come on, man. And she's very familiar with those two, Courtney Vandersloot. Mm -hmm and Ali Quigley because they played together in Russia. And oh, now they have, and Ann Walters, you know, is, is one of the assistant coaches now. And she was also on the coaching staff with those three overseas. So it just kind of made it all fall in line in terms of stars, um, literally and figuratively, um, aligning for, for Chicago to, to have them all there at once. So, I think it's going to be interesting to see, though, like you said, um, 
who they're going to be able to retain. Obviously, Stephanie Dolson is is not coming back. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting to see how what we see on paper shakes out when they actually physically get on the floor together. Yeah, I think um, Dolson, so Dolson leaves to New York. That was reported a little bit before free agency, but Dolson leaves mm-hmm. to New York. And I think replacing her with Misaman, I mean, look, I, there's very few players in this league that have as high of a ceiling as Emma Misaman. We got to see it firsthand. Her performance in the 2019 finals is unforgettable. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there are, you know, I think her performance in the 2020 bubble was pretty forgettable. There was times where she couldn't handle that load that that came with being the team's main offensive engine. Um, luckily, she won't be asked to do that in Chicago no. if if they retain at least most of their plays. So right. I, I'd like it. I do think though it's not it's not quite like the you know the league ending move that everyone wants to talk about. It's like, like oh yeah, hey, Chicago's going to dominate now. It's like no, I think they're going to probably be about the same. And especially, I mean. I don't know. I remember the Mystics talking about, or maybe it wasn't the Mystics, maybe it was just some reporting, some chatter that Emma might not be available at some point later in the season, potentially for the early rounds of the playoffs. Okay. I don't, I don't, I, I'm not reporting that. I don't know. I haven't looked at the international schedule close enough to know what her international obligations would be, mm. but there's that possibility. I think for the, the, the gambit here for Chicago is that they just won the title and they're playing with house money. Right. Okay. They can take more chances at the moment. I think Washington feels like we can't take any more chances now. Like you, you have to be, you have to, they need players that um, are there and committed to being there. And I'm not saying it's bad that, you know, I'm not saying it's, it's sure. not virtuous or not moral for Emma to do whatever she wants. I'm just saying for, sure. from a team building perspective, you can only put up with this sort of up in the airness so much. And I mm-hmm. think, in the last three years, the Mystics have went through too much of it, and they're going to have to go. They're going to continue going through it with Elena Deladon's back. So, there, I think the choice was, hey, we can we can move from Emma to Elizabeth Williams, who maybe is not quite the same player, but we can we can get enough out of her and make you know make up the difference. So, sure. I think that's that's kind of what happens. But I'd love I love the fit in Chicago. Don't get me wrong; she's going to step into that Dolson role, and it's going to yeah. be great because she she can do she can do some more than Dolson I think um as a mm-hmm. shooter and as a play finisher sure I, I agree with that I just think that you know her versatility and then when she is in attack mode I mean we saw mm-hmm. that like you said in the 2019 finals and that championship run for the Mystics I just thought she was you know without her they don't get that yeah. I mean with her performance in in that series so I just think with all the other pieces around her, that's, that's going to be a, a really, really tough squad. And experience level two, I think you have to factor that in. I don't know what the offer was for Vandersloot that was disrespectful, apparently, from what Ali Rowe said. Uh, you know, I mean, I wonder what that means. If it's disrespectful, does she leave? I don't, I, I mean, is she, it's disrespectful, but you're still going to sign it, or it's disrespectful? And you're leaving. I, 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 there's no in between on that, right? Uh, okay. Well, first off, I want to say I, I, I credit Stephen Trinkfold for think, for changing the way I think about um, play finishing with Emma Meesman because I know he listens, so I want to give him a shout out. But <laughs> for Courtney, this Courtney clearly wants something. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Maybe per, per, perhaps it's more money. But the okay. whole 
I've been disrespected thing. That is a negotiating tactic. That's not, I mean, I don't think, yes, there are times where a player will be, you know, disrespected by an offer. I think it happened with Simone Augustus, but I think when it comes out like this through reports and stuff that's going to be sent on ESPN, you know, in front of the biggest audience you could possibly get, right? Like this didn't leak to me, for example, someone who's just going to tweet it. This leaked to Holly Rowe and not that much stuff leaks to Holly Rowe that she's going to report on ESPN. So it's like, we have to start thinking about this from the perspective of, you know, people doing this with their motives in hand. So I think this is mainly a negotiating tactic, whether that is for more money or potentially for something else. And one thing that has been brought up to me a ton lately is the prioritization rules that are going to take effect in the WNBA um, soon. So there's going to be a, a rule that essentially uh, starts next year that players can be fined for every day that they miss the WNBA training camp. Wow. And if they do not report to the, to the WNBA before the season starts, they will mm-hmm. be suspended without pay. So you can't, if you're not there on May 1st, I believe it's 2022, I mean, 2023, um, it could wow. be 2024. I, I got to double check that on the CBA. Again, we'll talk more about this minutia on Friday with Richard Cohen. But sure. I just want to tell you guys, like you, if you're not there on May 1st of 2023, mm-hmm. you cannot play in the WNBA. Um, period uh, according to this according to the cba at the moment for players like vandersloot mm-hmm. and to i think to a lesser extent brianna stewart just because brianna stewart has more um advertising and endorsement money here so the money is a little less important to her but for a player like right. courtney vandersloot or a player like ali quigley they get a ton of their money a huge percentage of their money from mm-hmm. ecap from the their russian team the russian team yeah so to take that revenue stream away from them and then also say, well, you can only get this amount. I think that's what's causing the tension is saying you, okay. you, you can't have, you can't have both. If it's both ways, then that's I'm going to go thing. to a place that has more money. I like the WNBA. Yeah. I ain't sacrificing my money for it. So I think mm-hmm. that's what's happening. And I think there's going to have to be some sort of concession yeah. here from Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not sure that's a money thing. I'm not, okay. I'm not sure that's a money thing. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was just wondering and, and not in a disrespectful way, but just wondering what oh, that yeah. means. Like yeah, yeah. it is, if that's what it is, then what's the final answer and what is that going to be based upon? Uh, I just think that that's kind of where I am with, with that scenario for her. And I know with Allie Quigley being there, I don't think she would want to leave. Right. So well, Allie might retire too. Well, that's true too. But maybe she doesn't. So I think she wants to stay active and, you know, stay on the court with her as long as she can, right? I mean, if, if it's um, business-wise, if that makes the most sense, if they can make it work. And, and she hasn't come out to say that it's been disrespectful. So like you said, we're basing this on leaked reports. So we don't know. That came what? from an agent. I'll tell you guys now. I don't know. I don't know who their agent is. I, I don't know how the whole thing. Okay. Is. It came from an agent. That's what it came from. Me. There's a, you. You can tell when the stuff comes from a team. You can tell when the stuff comes from an agent if you if you pay attention enough and you read the, like this. This came from, assumedly, Courtney Vanderson's agent. See, that's why you're a lawyer. So. <laughs> I'm listening and learning. I'm listening and learning to to the verbiage of. Uh, of a lawyer breaking things down for us here. Uh, I'm a nerd first and foremost, and that's why I figured all this out. 
<laughs> no, I mean, like, and I'm, you know, I could be wrong too, but I'm guessing it was Courtney Vandersuit's agent. She, that stuff comes out on ESPN because they want the audience. And it got out. And guess who? I retweeted that. And I got a bunch of likes. So thank you for the content. Uh, <laughs> whoever leaked that, I appreciate it. Um, but it, it is, I think it's going to, we're going to have to see something here. And I think it has to do with the prioritization rule. Um, mm-hmm. Although maybe it's money. Maybe they, they tried to offer her, you know, something south of Candace Parker's deal because they wanted to keep X, Y, or Z, or they want to give Emma more. Um, I did the math and it is really hard to fit Emma Miesemann at any number above 170,000. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she was making way more than that in DC, uh, in, mm-hmm. in, in the bubble. So it, it is going to be a tight fit money-wise, but I don't think it's mm-hmm. I don't think it's money necessarily that's really an issue. And I think this situation has a lot of ripple effects for the right. W. This is this is a big this is a big big deal because the one of the points of the last CBA was to get rid of this exact situation mm. to get rid of the idea of a player sitting out to go play in Europe. You know, we're going to raise the money yeah. and we're going to tell you that you have to be here. That was the idea. But now I think it's kind of coming back to they they didn't get the uh, the movement from the European leagues to 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 make that happen and make that work and now it's creating problems for the players so there's going to have to be something that gives yeah. here and I'm not sure what yeah. It is. yeah I I agree and I think what you said that that kind of most um, alerts me to possible issues with several players is the May first deadline in 2023. Now I know there've been many players who have an extended postseason. Mm-hmm. I know Maisha Hines Allen had an extended postseason in France last season and, and missed training camp and, and got here just before, you know, I, I don't know how they're going to fix that unless they do something with the scheduling for postseason play overseas. Like, how are you, you can't expect them to leave their, you know, win and you're in or lose and you're done situations in postseason play overseas to come back I don't know how they're gonna how they're gonna decide that because if you work all season with them like you're you're overseas all year and then it's like well championship game is on May 2nd (laughs) like what do those players do and they're like well I gotta be back May 1st so that's good luck to you guys and I mean that that's hard that's going to be what I want to see people choose and how they're going to fix that. I mean, I think it's got to be a scheduling thing on the other side, short season. Yeah. Well, so here, uh, let me just, I do want to confirm that it is in 2023. I'm looking at the uh, prioritization rule on page 125 of the collective bargaining agreement, which goes through, which goes through 2027, making it a problem that we may have to change this thing now. That's and, uh, you know, as someone was so kind to remind me today, and I should have known this as a lawyer, every agreement can be changed, folks. So it's not impossible that this thing gets changed. Every agreement can be changed. So it's not impossible that this thing gets changed. But the, I think the problem like they mentioned, those like you, they, yes, you would wish that the European leagues would, um, you know, would work with the WNBA. Right. They have no incentive to you whatsoever, though. They would only be doing it because they, you know, they think it'd be good for them. And I don't think the WNBA has provided enough evidence to them to say that this is your players playing over here is good for us. And clearly the WNBA is treating our players going over to Europe to play as bad. 
So the natural reaction is to say, well, our player's going over to America to play his bath. So now right. it's, it's creating this, and I was warned about this, like honestly at the beginning of the pandemic, like right, it was right after the CBA was signed. I was warned that this was coming down the pike by, by one of someone I know in Europe. I just put it off the side of my head. I was like, that's not gonna be a problem. Turns out it's a huge problem. So that, that is definitely something to keep an eye on. And I think that comes to head mm-hmm. with the Courtney Vandersloot situation. Um, right. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Do you want to move over to another controversial thing that was, that was said? Yes. Because the fact that you just said that, I think I know exactly where you're going. So why don't you take it there? Because I know uh, I, I'm let me, right with you. Let me pull up the tweet. Liz Cambage yeah. sent the tweet. There it is. As per usual, it caused a stir because, yeah. look, hey, yeah. you can say what you want about Liz Cambage. She's amazing content. Um, <laughs> so she says basically like the WNBA is where head coaching get paid four times the highest players, super max salary. Y'all think I'm going to spend another year uh, upgrading my seat on a flight to get to games out by my pocket. Okay. That, that's what she tweeted. Clear, it's uh, that very strongly implies that she's not going to play in the WNBA this year, which is a shame. Um, but I think her, I mean, she has a point, she definitely has a point. Uh, Becky Hammond's getting a million dollars, the highest paid WNBA player can only be paid $228,000. Um, it ignores a lot of the a lot of you know the labor market in basketball because. The players have a union, so you guys all collectively bargain for that salary. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't, then yeah, maybe one player would get a million dollars, but the rest of you would get nothing. Um, right. So it ignores that, but she's definitely right. I think she's pointing out a, a flaw in this um, in our CBA, in that you know there's no restriction on coaching is making money, but there is brand restrictions on how players can fly to games. So mm-hmm. I do I I sympathize with her. Um, I think her point's been lost a little bit, yeah. uh, but I, I don't know. What, what, what was your reaction to this? I first started reading it and I was like, whoa. <laughs> and then I kept reading and I was like, hey. <laughs> so for me, I think it was a little bit, I, at first I was trying to figure out if she was joking. Right. And then I was like, I don't think she's joking. And then I was concerned because this is a league that, I mean, all of us involved, press included, players, coaches, trainers, mm-hmm. <laughs> media. Alumni. We've invested, everybody, uh, we've invested so much in this game to, to support it for generations to come. And it, it's just really disheartening um, to hear the negativity and the tone there with that, I understand what she's saying financially, but this league is still in building mode. This league is by no means where it will be. And I just think if we're destructive on the way to build, then that's gonna do us no good. And I understand that she's frustrated, but she can't tear down the league that she's, she has also worked so hard to build. That's that. That's my initial reaction to it. That that she can feel the way she feels, but I think to put it out to the masses, I think is I, I think it's undoing 
it's like untying your shoe. Like we're, yeah. we're trying to tie the shoe and you keep pulling it and untying it. Like let us walk forward and try to do the best we can do to continue to grow and build the game. We don't need to be tripped up right now with, um, with a negative tone. I, I think, you know, she can do so much with her voice in a positive way. So let's do that instead. Or maybe say that and say, we can still continue to build the game or something, you know, yeah. that, that is in support of the league instead of like just ripping it to shreds. No, I, no, I don't I, like it he, he said that. I don't like it either, but she's, she bring it, it's, it's a point that needs to be made. And I think Liz gets a bad rap for this stuff because she right. does do it like this. She's not someone who um, uh, is tactful. Yeah. That's the word I'm looking for. She's not tactful. She's not someone who goes at problems um, thinking about the potential ripple effects of, of what she's saying. And it got, mm-hmm. this has gotten her in trouble on occasion. And, you know, it'll get her in trouble again. And and here, though, I don't think that's, I, like, I think she is right to say whatever she wants. True. And I think. I agree. And I think she brings up a lot of good points. And she could say however she wants. And I think, frankly, she has pushed the lead forward with this stuff that it is annoying to, it's annoying, right? However, because she has such a big voice and because her voice reaches outside of our yes. walls, yeah. these things have an effect. And I think the net effect of this in the end will be positive because it's bringing light, it's bringing more to light the inequalities mm-hmm. that still exist. The thing that is more important though is definitely the Courtney Vanderson situation, not just for the like off court, yeah. I'm talking off court. The Courtney Vanderson situation is way more important than anything Liz Campage just said in terms of what's going to happen in the WNBA from a bird's eye perspective. Um, right. Okay. We right. We gotta get going. We gotta get going. All right. We're, I got we're you. Gonna, because we need to give Sylvia Fowles her time. Let's go. The last ride in Minnesota. She signs for one more year. Uh, yeah. It has been reported that Angel McCautry and Leisha Clarendon will join her. I have not seen an official report on either I of those seen players. Officially either on that. No, mm-hmm. but Syl is here. She's announced it's her last season. Oh man, I got a little goosebumps saying that. I did too. I'm yeah. sad. Um, I'm happy we get it for one more year. I don't know. I mean, I, how can we even put into words what Syl has meant to this league in this game? Oh, we got to give her her flowers, though, right? I mean, for the impact that she had, not just in the WNBA but USA Basketball, and then on back at LSU with Simone Augustus as her teammate there. I just think you can just flip the pages of her journey and all of it has just been exceptional. And it's going to continue. I mean, Mm -hmm. she wants to be a mortician and she's been (laughs) studying over the last several years on that. So, I mean, she's going to be doing what she wants to do. And I like that she's going out on her terms and saying, this is my last year. And I think that that, that's commendable and and respectable, as I said. But I think for for her overall big picture of her career, I mean, give her a crown. I mean, crown her for all the gold medals, all the championships, you know, everything that she's done for the game and the way that she's just been businesslike and meticulous with how she has operated on and off the court. I mean, she's just been an inspiration to so many. And I think 
all the players who have suited up next to her in a Minnesota uniform with the Lynx and all the coaches who have coached her. I mean, it, it's just nothing but respect coming her way with what she's been able to do to impact the game in a positive way. And she's always going to be like that as, as a woman. And she's always going to be like that uh, when we talk about her after her retirement. I mean, we're always going to know Big Sale as being not just uh, in stature, but big hearted, big competitor, big champion, big gold medalist, like all of that. It falls under that umbrella for her. And I'm just so proud to have been able to watch her career, you know, from college to now. Mm -hmm. And and just to be in awe of her sustainability of excellence over the course of her career as well. I mean, it's it's been remarkable. It's it's been special. Uh, and we're we're just really lucky to, to have seen so much of uh, her yeah. career and, and been witness to it. And I think this year's gonna be I mean, she was awesome last year, so <laughs> I don't know. She's yeah. 35. I there's no signs yeah. of slowing down. No. Um, so she'll go out, you know, on top of her game. Um and I, I'm really happy for it. I think it's a it's an awesome thing. And you know, I really criticize uh, Minnesota and Cheryl Reeve for not giving Simone Augustus that last that last dance because um, mm-hmm. I think your legends deserve it. And I you know I did the same thing with the Miami Heat when they lost Dwayne Wade briefly. You know, yeah. I, your your legends deserve a last try because they put it in for you. You got put in for them. And I'm happy Minnesota did it. I'm happy Sill has come back. I'm happy it's all happening in Minnesota, and we don't have to worry mm-hmm. about her leaving or anything so mm-hmm. and it, and you know hey the team's gonna be pretty good we have to wait we have to wait until we see Mikasha's numbers angels uh Leisha's yeah. numbers um you know just like what the rest of the team looks like obviously if he's collier is probably gonna miss most of the year because she is pregnant congratulations to yeah. her uh, yeah it's, baby. New, a baby new girl baby. too so i know it's it's really exciting it is sad that she's not gonna be there for sills last yeah. year but i mean yeah. it, it, we it, we saw we saw something really really special and i i mentioned Watch, I want to mention one tweet from Snap Wilson who said that real uh, that WNBA fans will miss Sylvia Fowles, but the real Sylvia Fowles fans are going to let her embalm us when we die uh, as our mortician. You know, we're going to take a, a group road trip to every Sylvia Fowles <laughs> after we die so she can embalm us and put us into. I don't know what morticians do, I'm going to be honest. Um, yeah, it seems pretty, it seems a little gross, but good, good for her. I'm glad she has goals. Um, and I forgot the other tweet that I was going to mention about Sylvia Fowles, but regardless, it is is legendary career um, that we're we're going to watch come to the end. Oh, that's what I remember. I I think every WNBA team. Do you remember when Derek Jeter retired? Yes. And every team had to give him a present. Every and some of the presents, did. and some of the presents were like really weird. I want <laughs> that to happen in the WNBA. <laughs> I just want to each have, team, each every team, road trip. They have to give her some sort of present. And so it's like, you know, it's like a kid's birthday party. Like you have to give her a yeah. present. You have to tell a kid like, oh, you know, pretend that you like you if you don't. And then like, yeah, we'll see what happens. Like a get, get, let's let's see Sylvia Fowles eat Ben's Chili Bowl. Also would be right. great if we do a pregame mystics. Think about it. Give her Ben's Chili Bowl before the game. She's not going to be 100% in that game. So. <laughs> Ben's Chili Bowl is very, very good though. So she will be super full. I get what you're saying. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, let's go rapid fire here because we, we took an hour talking about this stuff. Um, all right. Uh, we have John Cole Jones taking less money to come back to um, come back to Connecticut. I tweeted out the numbers and I've since forgotten them. 
Great job, Gabe, for getting your own reporting. Uh, I believe she was at two, I'm, not, I'm just gonna look it up in my own Twitter account. 218. 205. 205. 205 starts. Okay. She gave back um, rough, uh, a like shade to over $20,000 uh, yeah. to uh, enable Connecticut to probably sign Courtney Williams, although that was not announced today. So we'll yeah. see mm-hmm. where that goes. But that one's done. We right. talked about that on our last podcast. Yeah. Um, we have Asia Wilson returning to the Las Vegas Aces, restricted free agent, so she can't really go anywhere, but she's back nonetheless and happy to do it. So yeah. uh, there's another one there, uh, another move that happened. Sophie Cunningham is re-signing in Phoenix for some over the minimum, so it will not be a training camp contract. Right. And then we have Atlanta trading a third-round pick for Kievon in a move that has made me furious. I'm going to wait until Friday to talk more about it because it's so minor and so minutiae that I don't think we should get into it on this podcast. But <laughs> that also pushed then Kia Stokes back to Las Vegas because she was reportedly signed with Atlanta before that trade goes down. Uh, right. And also in that trade, Phoenix saved a bunch of cap space to perhaps bring in Tina Charles. So any of those things you want to comment on? Oh, that last part, bringing in Tina Charles to Phoenix. I mean, could that be the reason why they're moving things around and shuffling? I mean, I could see that. And, you know, she would be a great mix there. She would be a great mix there for them. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if she'd be. Inside. Hmm? Do, you, do you think she'd fit? I don't think she fits. I think it'd be cool. I don't think she fits, though. I mean, I think it would be cool. Um, <laughs> but, but I also think it fits in a way because it's different than what they would typically do, right? And it would be intriguing to see how they would find uh, a place for her skill set in what they do. And I think that would be, that would be fun to see. So in that respect, I like it because I like seeing how people figure out things. It helps me figure out things. So I, I like it, but it is very cool just to think about on paper, yes. But I think throw them all on the court and I am watching every little thing that's happening and to see how they would, you know, make that be a seamless transition and uh, make that combination work on the floor. It'd be interesting. Because Brianna Turner's a small forward now. True. <laughs> I mean, she could do it. Look, look, hey, gather the talent. It's always my philosophy. You gather the talent and you figure it out later. That's right. Uh, Tina can shoot the three. Now, you know, yeah. she showed that last year. I mean, she can stretch the floor a little bit now. So it's not like she's paint dominant. Yeah. Right. Even though she's amazing down there, but she's not only down there. Right. She can open up the floor a little bit. Sure. That would be interesting to see. I, I would I, like to see that if that happens. I, have I would no love to see her back in D.C., but, you know, I digress. But I mean, if she has to go, Phoenix is, I think, interesting. She, uh, yeah, we'll leave it at interesting. I don't know. I, we'll probably <laughs> talk more about this on Friday if it happens. But like, I, I don't know. It, it'd be cool. I'm down for it. I don't have any stake in the in the Phoenix Mercury. Um, I, I always tell people I hope the, the Mystics do well because that's great job security for us. The more yeah. relevant the Mystics are, the more relevant we are. And we live in a world <laughs> where we need likes and validation from strangers on the internet. So uh, that's the only thing I hope for. The, the Mercury, I don't care if they're good. I hope they're interesting because that's more interest for me. So uh, I, I'm sure we're missing stuff in the WNBA. Let us know in the comments 
if there is stuff that you want us to talk about, um, and you know, we probably have talked about it over on herhoopstats.substack.com. Uh, We're probably going to talk about it on Friday with Richard Cohen. You can follow us on Twitter at herhoopstats and uh, subscribe because that's all good. Um, okay, do you want to move over to college basketball? Because uh, we, we went a whole, we did an entire podcast. And again, now we're going to do an, another entire podcast. Uh, let's move over to college basketball, okay. uh, where currently, literally at the second, the Miami Hurricanes are up by three points on the number four team in the country, the Louisville Cardinals. Um, I've only been like briefly looking at this game, but the Canes have kind of been in control the second half. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Somebody missed the shot. Uh, Kelsey, Kelsey, Mar- Kelsey Marshall uh, oh. missed the shot. Um, <laughs> It happens a lot in Miami, but they, I, they, I told, I've told you guys, told you guys on multiple occasions, the frisky canes, they're frisky. They'll sneak up on you. Yeah, you're they're not right worried. Yeah, yeah, close games might, this year. Yeah, close might, games. Yeah, might get upset. Uh, and yeah. same with the same with the hogs. The hogs, not a game that yeah. we have on our on our schedule here, but almost snuck up on Tennessee without their best Rip player pets. for most of the game. So a little, yeah. little frisky, a little frisky. The hogs and the canes. <laughs> Gabe's teams, they're frisky. <laughs> um, uh, the, the thing I wanted to get into, though, first was uh, the Wooden Award released their top 20 oh, yeah. lists for late season. Um, yeah. I don't think I need to read off all of these names, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's the uh, it's the people you expect to be on this list, right? Uh, we have Shakira Austin. We have Aaliyah Boston. Uh, oh, Boston Austin rhyme. Uh, <laughs> we have bars. I got, yeah, I'm just spitting. Uh, we got Cameron Brink on this list, Caitlin Clark on this list, uh, Lisa Kunane, Destiny Henderson, Jordan Hurston, Ryan Howard, uh, Ashley Jones, Haley Jones, who spells her, they both spell their last names differently, Aoka Lee, has to be on this list, uh, Anissa Morrow's on this list, and then we have two Maryland Turpins, Ashley Wusu and Angel Reese on this list, and rounding it out on, on the alphabetical order I have it on is uh melissa smith i didn't mention everyone like i didn't mention Nas Hellman, but just like these are the best play top 20 players in the country yeah. um do you have like a top three i think i have a top oh three. wow Ooh, that's you know those lists you know it's <laughs> tough for me so what's your reaction we could start with your reaction to the list and then i'll give you some time to marinate I, think I appreciate it because, you know, I can't narrow things like that down like that takes me some time. But I, I like um, I love the list. I think, you know, there's no one I think that that was snubbed, although Diamond Miller being healthy all year, I think she would be on that list had she been healthy. Yeah. I think, you know, just with that being said, um, Caitlin Clark with her, you know, four triple doubles this season, I think I mean they didn't get that wrong. And Melissa Smith, I mean, I told you once I saw her in person at the Maryland game earlier in the year in November, legit, like mm-hmm. just flat out problem and pro ready. So, I mean, just off the top uh, and no order, but just off the top, I mean, just the, the talent on that list. I mean, the game is in great hands when you look at that list and, and think about it, but then also factor in, there are some players who aren't healthy, like a Diamond Miller, who could also easily um, get a Sharpie and put her on there too. So, um, but I like that list. I think it's, I think it's solid. I think all those players' names are going to be called in the WNBA draft at some point, and and that's going to be fun to watch when they get to the next level as well. 
Yeah, I'm thinking here. I mean, well, so Mackenzie Holmes on this list, and um, I actually there was a re in during the Indiana game, uh, it was like like very briefly mentioned that she may come back this year, and we I think we thought she was mostly done for the year because she mm-hmm. has a knee injury, I believe. Meniska. Yeah. I don't want to speak out of turn. She's hurt, and I thought she's gonna be out of the year, out for the year. But there, it turns out that she may be ready by conference tournament time. Which would be huge. So obviously she's yeah. on the wooden award late season top 20 list and she hasn't played for the last like three or four years. So yeah. she she's up there for a reason. I, I just it made me a little sad like looking at her name because I want her to be on the court. Mm-hmm. Um I'll give you my top three though. I'll give you my top okay. three. Uh I'll go Aaliyah Boston. Best okay. player, best player on the best team. I know she's got a lot of talent around there, but she is she's pushing them to where they are. I think I think right. that's uh that's that's there. I think Ayoka Lee, man. I mean, he scores 61 okay. points in the game. How are you going to keep her, keep her off the top three of this list? Like, she – and she's doing – I said this last week. I want to say it again. She's doing it with one leg. She's got, like, I don't – the biggest brace I've ever seen in my life yeah. with one of her legs. She's um, laboring with it, yeah. I'm just like – so she's got to be on that. Uh, there was no disrespect to anyone else. but So I got Boston. I got Lee. And I don't know how you keep Caitlin Clark off this list at this point. I mean, she had 43 the other mm-hmm. night. Insane. Uh, she had the shrug. She had the Jordan shrug. She, she, you're right. She's so pro-ready um, that yeah. she, she could play in the WNBA tomorrow. And she just has that, I don't know. You, you talk about the great players, right? They just have that Moxie. little, little mm. the, the it, the it that's not, you know, yeah. you, can't, you can't define it. You can't. <laughs> she has it um yeah that being said i think i was struggles in winning these games because she had 43 and they lost ohio state i think that's going to cost her a little bit in these awards um but i i think she has to be in my top three at the moment yeah i mean she's definitely in the top three and i, I think you know that game i was on that game the iowa Iowa state game last night and um, oh oh god louisville just hit a go ahead three Sorry. Oh, darn it. How much time? Uh, 56 seconds. What's the uh, count? Chelsea Hall. Of course, she was by the score. It's 65-63. Haley Van Lift just whipped a pass to the corner. Damn. <laughs> All right. That's fine. I went oh. to Miami, folks. So I obviously know. I yeah. All right. It's all Sorry. good. Sorry for interrupting you, Christine. No, you're good. Hey, I was just going to say, you know, there were a lot of eyeballs on that game last night because of her star power and you know, Kevin Durant is a big fan of hers. Mm-hmm. You know, we actually gave him a shout out a couple of times uh, <laughs> last night. And our producer, Matt, was saying that, you know, check Katie's burner accounts to see if he's tweeting <laughs> about the game. And I got that and it was really funny. But anyway, um, but just a lot of eyes on her uh, just because they're mesmerized with her stature and her ability to do what she does. And her footwork is impeccable to get to her shots. Um, the fact that she's leading the country in scoring and assist. I mean, who does that? Um, she also averages eight boards a game from the guard position. So let's go. I mean, she is a workhorse. And last year led the country in scoring. So you would think, you know, hey, this kid led the country in scoring. Let's go ahead and uh, clamp down on her. And mm-hmm. here she is doing it again as a sophomore. So, I mean, down. she's she's different. And yeah, let's, let's go. Oh, what happened? Angel took the lead. What's the count? Mitchell. 66 65 45 seconds left i'll have a oh, reaction to every shot made don't worry is is katie in her hair katie meyer is she in her hair 
Hi, I can't. She's not on the screen right now. I, I'm sure she is. That's her. <laughs> she's go-to. gotta be. She's gotta be in her hair. That's my girl. Oh, Louisville just scored <laughs> right back at him. Louisville has a one point lead. We got a timeout for the Canes. Go going to the summer. Okay, a timeout. I was gonna say you can just go ahead and tell us <laughs> as it's going, but it's a timeout, so we'll, we will wait. But you gotta because I'm not watching it. But I would I would love to be. But you gotta you know give me all of the goodies oh. on on what's happening in that one. <laughs> oh, also NC State is losing to Notre Dame. What? What's the count I, on that? Uh, Tell us the count. Keep us updated, Gabe. That one is 65, 69 Notre Dame at the moment. 43 okay. seconds left. So Notre Dame looking more. Is, they're in control. They're in control. Get it. Wait, wait, wait. Did I miss something again? The score keeps changing. Can we get a correct score, ESPN? I'll see. Uh-oh. Okay, I Somebody think it's a three-point game. Notre Dame has a three-point lead. Uh, Louisville yeah. has a one-point lead. On Miami, uh, I'm sure this oh, is riveting to you, person who knows already what has happened in these two games because you're listening to this tomorrow morning. Oh, after the fact, yeah. Whatever, we're having Whatever. a great time. Uh, hey, we're watching live. So <laughs> back, let us live. Back to Caitlin Clark. <laughs> <laughs> or who uh, were we talking I mean, about? Yeah, we were talking about Caitlin, and you know, just uh, Iowa losing that game and and how that may impact yeah. her individually, and you know, just a couple of situational things at the end of that game uh it looked like McKenna Warnock had the ball mm-hmm. and there was some contact by Ricky Harris and it wasn't called and there was like you know some confusion mm-hmm. when the buzzer went off there was time left uh whose possession whose ball it was and all of that um but Ohio State got that win after being dominated by Michigan in the game previous to that so it was a good bounce back road win for Ohio State, but a tough loss for Iowa at home in conference play. And if you think about it, Ohio State beat Iowa Mm -hmm. twice last season. One game was in overtime. And then so the last three games in a row. (gasps) Oh, my God. Oh, we threw it away. What? What? How much is Katie in her hair? Katie's Katie's definitely in her hair. I'm almost in my hair. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, no. Kelsey Marshall. How much time? Uh, there's 17 seconds left, and there's a jump ball, but it's possession Louisville. So we're going to have an inbound and a foul, and there'll be a three-point game. Luckily, Miami's one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the country. So. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but it sounds exciting, though. ACC hoops is, uh, yeah. you know, doing it tonight. So <laughs> yeah, like you- Big Ten last night, ACC tonight. And I want to talk more about the Big Ten because uh, I did not expect this. If I had if I had known that Miami would be in this game, I probably wouldn't have scheduled this podcast right now. <laughs> um, but I, I think it, it's really a testament to how talented the, the the current group of college players is. Like I mentioned, a bunch of names, uh, and we haven't talked about Ryan Howard, who no. is the presumable number one pick. Um, you know, we didn't we haven't really gotten to Melissa Smith the presumed number two pick. So, right. and you look at, you look up and down this list and there's just amazing player after amazing player. We haven't really even talked about Nas Hillman, although we will now because we're going to talk about Michigan team. But, right. you know, Liz Kitley, I didn't even mention her and she's one of the best players in the country from Virginia Tech. So mm-hmm. th- I think the game's in very good hands and the future of the WNBA looks great and the present yeah. of college basketball looks great because we're, you know, we're going to talk about like Paige Beckers has been out all season and, you know, she, we... This this list is just as impressive impressive as if she was on this list. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt about it. I, I just think you know when 
when you're talking about the the future of the game mm -hmm. on any level, right? I think it's just it's just been fun that these young ladies have been motivated by the WNBA, by the Olympians, and they're going out and they're doing the thing. I mean, they're killing it and you know making us know their names. And I think with players like Nas Hillman and Michigan, who has twice this season beaten top five teams, they beat Baylor in overtime without Nas on the floor. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, caveat on that. Um, but then you know to turn right back around and, and beat Indiana, another top five team this season, I think um, speaks volumes to what Kim Barzarico is doing there. And, and it's not. I mean, Nas Hillman is is fantastic. I don't know if you saw her footwork in that Indiana game. She was just going to town in the paint um but she is just so well versed and confident and her skill set just exudes the experience that you want to see from a senior so um player of the year last year in the big 10 michigan continues to rise in the in the polls and and now they're going to go up again because they beat indiana who was ahead of them they were five mm -hmm. and six so i just think it's it's great and as the Big Ten season continues to unfold, it'll be fun to watch tournament, which I think is going to be insanely good once again in Indy in March. The what happened? The Canes lost. They were in a hammer. They were in a hammer action for Kelsey Marshall, and she Louisville had it stuffed out. Um, big hug, big hug between the the coaches oh. there. Oh God, I feel so bad for Katie. So These many games. close games. God, those games so many. I don't know how many uh, under five points, like a lot of games this season for Miami under five point losses, but they have been right there all year they, long. They just right? fight. They, they're they're they do fight that. Uh, the one thing, you know, and I'm not saying, you know, Katie Meyer is perfect coach. I'm not saying a coach, a, mm -hmm. the men's coach for Miami coach, Jimmy Larnag is a great coach, but man, mm -hmm. the one thing you always get from those two squads is they work their butts off. And they yeah. fight in every game. And they, they haven't been the best. They haven't been the best team in the country. But I appreciate the fight. But good Lord. Yeah, that's tough. That is brutal. tough. That Aww. is brutal stuff. Okay. Um, yeah. Back to Indiana, Michigan. Uh, which, uh, you know, as you mentioned, just really impressive win for Michigan. I've been, uh, I've been kind of uh, anti, not anti-Michigan, skeptical of Michigan. Uh, since okay. the beginning of the season, and they just continue to pull out these wins. Now, as I mentioned, no Mackenzie Holmes for uh, Indiana. Yeah, that's a big deal. A big <laughs> she's, deal. she's their she's their best player, and and they're without that big presence inside. Part partially allowing Nas Holman to get twenty one points. Nas gets twenty one points though, kind of easily on anyone. So, right, right, um, right. but it, it was it, it was. Uh, it was tough on the glass without Holmes for Indiana. Michigan won the rebounding battle by 32. Uh, they just mm -hmm. locked it down the third quarter at the 16 yeah. to six run. So really impressive win for Michigan. I'm not too worried about Indiana if they can get Holmes back. Um, if they can't get Holmes back, that's just kind of what it is. And right. it's disappointing because this is a top five team um, with her on the court and they, they played valiantly, but they didn't have the horses here. That's, I want to talk a little bit about Nas home on the prospect and we'll get, we'll talk more about her as a prospect going forward. Um, uh -huh. You know, I think me and, and Twitter folks like me, AKA nerds, you know, we're a little bit lower on her than the general public just because she is a post. Um, and just because, you know, she's not like this super, not like an Alyssa Smith, for example, of this super mm -hmm. athletic posty player. So 
I have since gotten pushback on that for people who do this for a living, that she actually has great feet and that she could play the floor and that she can expand her game. Do you see that for her as well? Absolutely. I mean, her footwork, I mean, you cannot, um, you cannot understate what she's able to do at her size. Now, um, when you're talking about players- Oh, no, they pulled off the upset. I'm sorry. Oh, they got him. Wow. Uh, we, we have not watched that game. We have no idea what happened. So <laughs> pull whatever, <laughs> pull yeah, whatever thing you want. Good job, Neil Ivy. That's my Good girl for, now. Good for that. Back to Nas. Yeah, back to Nas. No, I mean, her footwork is incredibly um, precise. And I think when you watch her, if you watch a Michigan game, mm-hmm. don't look at the plays they're running. Don't look at, you know, all of the X's and O's and things. When she gets the ball, watch how she works and maneuvers and makes reads at the drop of a hat. In the blink of an eye, she is countering the counter move. And she is so quick at making decisive decisions inside that she's a nightmare to cover. And mm-hmm. I don't care how tall you are. She's done that to players bigger than her, players smaller than her, try to go quick with matchups against her. And she eats that up too. I just think with her ability and her strength inside, I think she's pro level for sure. And I think a lot of people had um, um, Alyssa Thomas kind of in that same boat where mm. she's so strong and powerful. She has great footwork. She can finish in the paint, but she can't shoot threes. I'm like, okay, not everybody needs to shoot threes. And I know analytically, you know, I'm going to probably have some. Uh, <laughs> some nerd like that. me, you could say it. Some I nerd mean, like me. No, I mean, you know, the analytics are what they are, but I'm saying like, okay, but what can she do? Okay, let's not worry about the things that she doesn't have. Let's talk about what she does have. And what she does have is tough. And what she does have is tough to guard on any level. I mean, she did USA Basketball in the summer last year, uh, player of the year in the conference, and is ripping up things and moving Michigan up the ranks all season long in, in the uh, AP poll. So, I mean, for me, I'm not, I'm not concerned with what her transition to the WNBA will look like. I think she's going to be an outstanding pro. I think you can go back to back in the day when Charles Barkley, like, oh, uh, you know, he's playing inside, he's six, six, blah, blah, blah. And I know the game is different, but there was some skepticism on, on him being too small. Yeah. to play in, inside but I think it was his heart which she has his hustle which she has and great footwork which she has and a tremendous motor you can't coach that you can't coach motor and I as a coach I know that you know the kids who have the motor you know the kids who don't and the kids who have the motor those are the kids that get on the floor because even if they make mistakes you know they're going to make up for it in a big way um, kids without a motor, they're going to pout and drop their head and, and sulk about mm-hmm. it and be in their feelings. She doesn't do that. She's like right here, steadfast, intentional, just on it and dedicated to her, her craft. And, and that's why she's going to be a good pro, not just a good pro. I think she's going to be a great pro. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to counter with the obvious argument that she is too small to play in the post. I think she's just too small to play in the post full time because you're looking at you know she's Nas is like six two right mm-hmm. uh, you mm-hmm. know six six two is is her is her measured height you look at someone like Asia Wilson who's six four and she's a four 
in in Vegas, I'm sure in right. places she'll be a center, yada, yada, whatever. But you get what I'm saying? Like she is too small I to be a center. She's gonna need mm-hmm. to be a four. I, I've heard, you know, I don't think if she can do something like Alyssa Thomas, and it's not like impossible. I think her handle needs a lot of work and she would need to get much faster. But as you mentioned, she does have a motor, and that's something that comes up every time you talk about Nelson. Every time everyone says, great attitude, great motor. And yep. those two will keep in the league for a long time. Keep it in the league. For sure. But I don't, I don't, if she, if she turned into Alyssa Thomas, that'd be a departure from what we've seen, but it's not, it's totally possible. I agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. But I have heard the, the, the comparisons I've heard are Ruthie Hebert, who's a good player, not a great player. Um, and uh, Rashonda Gray, uh, just a little bit okay. more mobile than that. Um, and both those players are useful, but I need a little bit more from Nas to, to, you know, really spend the top five pick on her. Cause I think there's players in this draft to probably have a, a lower floor. So there's more risk, mm-hmm. but there's a higher ceiling. And that's what I'm looking for the ceiling when, when we talk about draft picks. Okay. Um, so well, what more do you need to see? What more do you need to see from her? I need her What's I need, missing. I need her to drive more from the elbow. I need to see that okay. on a consistent basis. That, that's what I'm looking for. If you're a big, that's small, you gotta be able to play in the high post. Cause then we okay. can do stuff with you. You don't have to shoot threes. You don't have to shoot threes. It'd be great if she shot, if she shot threes and she could totally learn, but she, you don't have to. What I need you to do is be able to hit elbow jumpers and be able to pass from the elbows and play make from that position and okay. also make decisions in a short role. Um, I basically need you to be Bam Adebayo if we're looking at an NBA perspective. <laughs> or I need you to be an, an, Alyssa, an Alyssa Smith without, I mean, Alyssa Smith, Alyssa Thomas without you know that sort of transition game you don't need that transition game that's not replicable but if you could do what she does in the short role in terms of her playmaking if you just take some pieces of that that's where i'm comfortable saying like okay this player who's a shorter post if she can play in the high post then hey we're cooking we can make an offense out of this but if i have to post you up and you're small already then i can't i can't really do much with you as a center point as my like you would have to be the center point of my offense for you to get for me to get any value from you. So I think she, she would need to add, she needs to add to her game to be an all-star. Um, not that all, all the college kids have to add to their games to be all-stars, but mm-hmm. I, I think she needs, she has some stuff to work on. I can, but you know, if you have a high motor and you have a good attitude, you're going to be in the league for a long time and people are going to give you chances to come up with that stuff. So right. I don't know. I would probably take her a little bit lower than where she's been mocked. I've seen her mocked around like four or three. Mm-hmm. I'd probably, I have like a few more players ahead of her, but I definitely, I'm, I'm not trying to like dismiss her in any way. You know, I'm, I'm just trying right. to say like, I don't, don't, I'm trying to get my concerns mollified and you, and you have a little bit mollified those. You, you made them feel, <laughs> maybe you'll feel a little bit better. Oh, good. Cause I, I really love her and I, I, I have my eyes on her for, you know, since she was a freshman. And so, I think she's really just evolved like from sixth mm-hmm. player to second team to first team player of the year. Like she's just made this progression and she just hasn't been the same player from day one. And I think that speaks to her work ethic and, and her upside, like you said, I mean, she has a tremendous upside and she can get better at some of those things and, right. and, and make her a more um, versatile pro. But I think she is definitely going to be a pro. I don't think there's any questions about that. Sure. I just think that, you know, the versatility piece. Yeah, I mean, easily. Uh, but, the you know, the versatility piece, you know, she can get that. I mean, Michael Jordan got to be more versatile when he got in the league. as, And you could say that for every other player as well. Um, 
So, I mean, there's always growth yeah. as a pro and you don't go in and, and leave the same way, just like you don't go into college and leave the same way you came in. So I think um, huge upside for Nas, but I, I, I'm excited, you know, to see her in the WNBA. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for the debates I'm going to have to have too, because I feel like not a lot of people think like me on this. Um, actually, I, I don't know. I, I think a lot of people online think like me, um, but in the real world, the real world's not Twitter. So um, there's a lot of people who would disagree. Um, she's a great player though. And, I, and it doesn't, and look, when we talk about players, I just want to put last thing I want to say, like, just because we talk about players as prospects and I have some criticisms does not make them any less great in college. It'll never like her legacy yeah. in college. Honestly, if she never played another another game in college, she would already be one of the greats. Certainly in Michigan mm-hmm. history, certainly in Big Ten history, and certainly one of the best yeah. people to watch. So it doesn't have anything. My concerns about her as a professional don't have anything to do with my love of watching her in college. Just for the record, clarification. Um, clarification. <laughs> Um, I mean, that's all I got to do. Stanford beat Arizona, but I'm going to be honest. I was watching football. I'm sorry, folks. Like I'm only human. I can't, there's only so I much. Best. It was, yeah, it was good I, I watched it. I watched it. It was close. It was yeah. close. And there was, you know, it was playoff football. So, I mean, you get a pass because it's playoff football, but, um, and Super Bowl implications on the line. I get it. Um, I did watch, uh, that game and it was, it was a good one, clearly. Mm-hmm. And it went down to the wire and it was a rematch of the national championship game. And I just thought, you know, Arizona just kind of ran out of steam at the end and Stanford turned it up at the end. And that's the difference, you know, when you can close out the game with momentum and, and making plays on both sides, you know, you're going to get the job done and and Tara Vanderveer and coming off that national championship season, still getting the job done. So respect to her, but Adia Barnes-Popa, that's my girl. So I, she's out there too, uh, giving it her best shot and went from unranked to start the season to being in the top 10, top 15 um, all season long. And also we, we did get someone at one point telling us that uh, she doesn't go by Adia Barnes-Popa in like here, but she, that's like her name on Twitter. So yeah, I don't, I don't know if Adia, if you're listening. Uh, I'll just call her Adia. I just I had to put her <laughs> whole name out there because, you know, professionally. Well, it is her name on Twitter. Her whole name. You know, uh, so Adia, uh, if you want to let us know. Yeah, exactly. Know. But regardless, she's a great coach. But I do yes. think the Stanford team is just kind of, they kind of got that defending champion feel like, you know, this is fine. Then, like whatever, whatever happens is fine. Like we're, we're, we're really good. We'll figure it out at the end of the game. Like Haley Jones went two for 12 in this game and they won handily against the number eight team in the country. Right. Oh, camera break too. Camera break Brown in the corner to being the yeah, uh, absolute the mega, the super mega star that we see in her. Yeah. Yeah. That second half she took over and, and really made a big difference for Stanford and started taking it to the bucket, get fouled. And, and that was the momentum I was talking about, yeah. you know, in that second half in the fourth quarter, you know, she was a big piece of, of them getting that win. She was. Okay. I'm looking at Twitter, making sure we don't have any last things to mention. If we missed anything at us on Twitter, at me on Twitter, you know, don't it's saying nice things to Christy and at me. Cause I like to argue with people. Um, and uh, yeah, I haven't seen anything 
else that we need to mention. We'll probably have to talk about that NC State game next week. But yeah. regardless, uh, I think uh, this is a this is a record for us. This may be our longest podcast. We're at an hour and thirty minutes. Oh boy, this is a blockbuster! <laughs> oh my goodness, but that I guess that means Gabe that they're cutting the lights out on us up in this thing, and <laughs> we don't have to go home. But we gotta get up out of here. And, you know, we would love to stay courtside with you until another time, but we're going to have to get up out and then get back in here next week and catch up with you guys. But it has been a true blast kicking it with you, my friend, on this edition of Courtside with Christy and Gabe right here on the Her Hoop Stats podcast network. So much more ahead of us this season, and we cannot wait to continue to break down all things WNBA, all things NCAA women's hoops as we get through this season with excitement and intrigue. That's how we're going to leave it with y'all. Thanks again for joining us. We will see you next time. I'm Christy Winter Scott, and that's Gabe Ibrahim. This is.